This morning I'd like to welcome you to our online service and to uh, those in our own church, to those who have been looking in over the, the uh, past few weeks and especially to those who are joining us for the very first time this morning, a very special welcome in Jesus' name. And uh, I'd just like to take the opportunity now for us all to just bow our heads in prayer. Father, this morning we lift up to you our own City Builders community and all those that we are connected with. Father, we pray for our wider community, the community we live in. We pray for the region and we pray for those that are dear to us. Father, we pray for those this morning that may be listening and are seeking you out. God, we pray for protection over them and we pray for supernatural provision. We pray for protection from any plague. God, I pray this morning that you would open our, the eyes of our understanding. Father, this morning I really pray for a special impartation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to our hearers. Father, I pray that you would begin to open up eyes. I pray that you'd begin to open up hearts. I pray that you'd begin to open, Father, the faculty of our um, understanding. I pray, Father, that you would touch the spirit man on the inside. And Father, I pray that you would just cause each person to begin to come alive on the inside in a new way. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Um, I wanted to title the message this morning, The Beginning of an Incredible New Season. And I believe right now, as we have just passed Passover and we've just finished, that we have entered prophetically into a new season in the nations. And uh, this is something that prophetic people and, uh, you know, the people of God have been looking for. And, you know, many of us have been thinking something's going to happen. And I believe right now, you know, through the pandemic and through the things that are happening in the globe, that something is actually beginning to happen. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about some very important subjects. Uh, one of them has been understanding the times. And it's where the sons of Isaac are in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It says that the sons of Isaac knew the times and the seasons, and they knew what to do. Uh, I also spoke last week about what to do and I spoke about prophetic signposts. And you know uh, that in our life if we really look to God and we really relate to God and we'll seek him out that there will be signposts in our life that will guide us and guard us toward our destiny. And you know I want everyone that is listening this morning to really know that God has a very special destiny for you. I believe this is an individual thing. And I believe it's very much a corporate thing. So 41 years ago, just 41 years ago, around about this very time, uh, my wife Lynn and myself were on our honeymoon and we were in Sydney. And uh, we began to, because of circumstances in our life and great tragedy that had happened just before our wedding, we began to seek God out. And I remember at that time we were doing it for us because there was a pain on the inside. But you know, my walk with God has been one where God has healed me uh, on the inside, where he's made our marriage strong. And uh, you know, it, it was very much about us at the start. But God also has a corporate vision. 
and a corporate pur uh, uh, purpose for his church. And I believe this morning we will touch on that and we'll open that up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so over the last couple of weeks I've touched on this scripture and it is Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. And it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. To me, this is an amazing prayer, and it is a power-packed prayer from the Apostle Paul, who is a father of the church. It's a, it's a power-packed prayer that is just full of energy, full of godly energy toward the church. And here he's talking about an absolutely vital ingredient that is required by the church to be able to, one, understand the environment in and understand the, the culture therein and to understand what to do. Because God was in the process of taking a little group of believers in Ephesus, around about 12, and, and, uh, and, and the apostolic influence began to come on the church and just over a few years, that church was raised from a little group of people in a lounge room to being a city and region-shaking church. And it shows the potential of what can happen if, if God imparts something extra into our own spirit. And in this case, we're talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It is like the prophetic gifts. Uh, and it comes really out of knowing him. And walking with him. It is like when Christ really comes onto the inside, there is an impartation into our own spirit. And as we, our own spirit life becomes developed through our relationship with God, then it is like a knowing comes on the inside. Uh, I would call this the power of knowing. And you know, it is like we know that we are children of God, we know that we have a destiny. We know that we are called to a purpose. And you know, when God builds a church like that, that has a corporate understanding of what God wants it to do in that community, then it becomes very, very powerful. And that is what we're talking about. So what I am saying this morning, that it is absolutely vital for us to understand this new season that we are entering into, that we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him living on the inside of us. So let's just talk about this exact thing for a moment. It is a spirit dimension or a dimension of God that is imparted into our spirit. It relates to the prophetic component of our life. In other words, you have a prophetic uh, component. And the way I'd describe it is that if you had a radio, uh, it's able to pick up 
different signals that are coming into the room, but that is all based on the components that are on the inside of that radio. So when the spirit of wisdom and revelation, uh, uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him is imparted into your life, you can begin to pick up uh, loud and clear what is coming from God because God wants to talk to you. You know, the difference between our God and every other God is our God is a relational God. I have a relationship with my God through his son, Jesus Christ. I talk to him and I seek his will out for my life and he talks, uh, you know, back to me. I remember back in my uh, working days in the bank where one of the guys came up to me and he said to me, he said, look, he said, I've got no problems with you talking to God. But when you tell me that God is talking to you, I'll think you're, you know. And do you know what? I just said to him right there, well, you know, God speaks to me. Because this is what uh, the scripture says in the Gospel of John. It says, Jesus said this, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is an amazing quality and ability that, that uh, God makes available to his sons and daughters. This is the prophetic component, the prophetic dimension. How do you develop it? It comes uh, not only from knowing about him, but it comes from knowing him personally. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can know about people. Uh, because they're distant or they might live in another town or you've heard about them. And that's just knowing about people. But knowing them is when you come into their world and you begin to interact with them personally. And, you know, the scripture says that God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only son, uh, you know, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You know, the way that happened, that happened is the God who created heaven entered our world and established a relationship with us. And, uh, you know, that was Jesus who walked a sinless walk on this earth, uh, died on the cross, paid the ultimate price for humanity, and on the third day rose from the dead. Uh, this is the God that entered our world so that we could have a relationship with him. And, you know, that relationship can become so powerful and so real. And, uh, you know, the way that we grow in the spirit of wisdom and revelation is we get close to God. We seek the heart of God. You know, we search the scriptures and, and we pray and we ask. Uh, we observe and we comprehend. And, and, you know, we draw on God. It is like uh, the scripture says, if you seek God, you'll find him. And, you know, this is a reality. The scripture says things like, you know, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. This is God speaking. So, so this dimension of God's spirit comes out of relationship. It comes out of spending time. It comes out of getting close. It, it comes out of pushing into the scriptures and, and decoding what the Bible actually does say. So it's a very powerful thing. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Another thing, if you could ask me, 
you know, you might think, well, Brian, what do you really mean by this? I would say it's spiritual IQ. Uh, because you have such a thing as a intellectual IQ and sometimes people can be very academic and academic about their faith but this is not so much an academic thing sometimes have you ever heard people mention emotional IQ some people are very good you know at handling their emotions and picking up emotional cues in other people and you know for instance people that are uh, you know, uh, salespeople, um, you know, motivational speakers. These are often people that have a very high emotional IQ. But what I am talking about is spiritual IQ. You know, if I could use contemporary language, I'd be saying, I pray, you know, as a leader of this church, I pray that you would have a, a, an increase in the realm of your spiritual IQ so you could actually know what God's doing. You know, this is what it really is like. So spiritual IQ is able to, it's able to receive what God's saying, what he's sending out to us, you know, what he, what he is saying. And uh, it's very important. I believe it's absolutely critical that we have this dimension of God's spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge in the day. It's very important. It's like a comprehension thing. You know, so, sometimes I work in a, you know, in a school and uh, at times you can see children struggling to comprehend concepts. And, and you know, it, it is like God wanting to download into our life, but sometimes we're not comprehending. You know, it's like, God, what are you saying? God, what do you mean by that? And, you know, if we push into God with that, you know, willingness to comprehend... Something's going to open up for us. I want to read another scripture to you. It's in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14. And here Paul is praying again for the church. And by the way, you will be happy to know that I pray for our church every day. A bit like Paul, I do give thanks for you most of the time. <laughs> but I especially pray that you would come into the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge, I pray that you'd be strong Christians. I pray that you'd be able to understand the times. I pray that you would be able to respond well. Because do you know what? I believe this is our time. We were built for this. You know, we are city builders and we are God's on-time people. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and it says this for this reason I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man I wanted to say this this morning that you have an inner man you know, there is the outer man, the, 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 the body, the, the flesh. But on the inside, we have a spirit, and that is the inner man. And when we are born again, you know, when we receive Christ into our life, our spirit man on the inside is made alive again and, and connected with God. But it's sort of like at that moment, it's like we are a child of God, like a little baby 
just born again. You know, it's amazing when you see little baby and, uh, you know, all they're thinking of is their food, their tucker. Uh, you know, and it's like they, you know, don't really know or fully comprehend what is around about them. But here Paul is praying, I pray that you would be strengthened with all might on the inner man. I pray that you would be strong and alive on the inside so that you are able to, uh, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. I'll say that again. And if you could just say it after me, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God this is your potential and it goes on it even gets better it says to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever Ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of us. When you become a Christian and you invite Jesus into your life and when you are baptised in the Holy Spirit and when you begin to work out your relationship with God, there is an incredible power that is at work on the inside of you. And, and, you know, if you start to realise your potential, I tell you what, you know, the spirit of this world does not want you to realise your potential because you are not just anybody. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God and you have a potential on the inside. And, and you know, if, uh, if God starts to do something on the inside of your spirit and strengthen you, then you literally become an unstoppable force. Do you know that Jesus was an unstoppable force? He was. You know, it was impossible for men to take him out before his time. It all happened in the timing of God. And we'll talk a little bit about that after. It actually says in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And it says, when it came time for him to be uh, received up, Jesus set his face like flint toward Jerusalem because he was on assignment. And he came into this world uh, to, to uh, lay his life down for mankind, to reconcile us to the Father. And now we are sons of God because we have received Jesus into our life and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. That is the mystery of, of, of Christianity. Boy, you know, people have tried to package, uh, package it all up and make it about uh, rules and regulations, but it's not. It is about God living on the inside. Hey, listen, God lives in me. You know, God lives in you. And if God lives in you, all things become possible to you because you're a son of God. And this is amazing. But anyway, back to this verse, it says that you may be able to comprehend. I pray that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. How big this is. You know, it's bigger than this church. 
You know, God cannot be contained in a building. And, and his potential is massive. But it's our partnership with him. But you see, our spiritual IQ has got to be developed. And God is a very special way and there's very special uh, strategies of how that can happen. Spiritual IQ comes from not only pursuing Jesus, but going further and pursuing the things of the Spirit. See, we can live in a, in a natural mind, live out of a natural mind, in a natural world. And guess what? That's natural. But, but uh, I am a spirit being, I'm a natural man, but on the inside, God lives. And, and God wants me to be able to connect with him in the heavens. So, so uh, he's put a spirit on the inside of me that can hear him and relate to him and pray to him and hear his voice. So spiritual IQ comes from not only pursuing Jesus, but going further and pursuing the things of the Spirit. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him is vital. It's a, spirit, a spiritual quality that we must have during these times, and it's my prayer for the church that we would really have that. You know, one little part of this thing that we call the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him uh, or if uh, you like my other version spiritual IQ is the gift of discernment you know uh, Jesus uh, gave the church gifts spiritual gifts and uh, you know there are healing gifts there's a gift of faith there's a gift of tongues and prophecy and these are all legitimate gifts that are made available to the church so that we believers can get the job done. And uh, one of those is the gift of discernment. It's a very important gift. And, uh, you know, I pray that you would really think about this and that you would begin to pursue this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love. The most important characteristic for a Christian to have is love. Love for God. Love for brothers and sisters, love for the lost, even love for those who have done dreadful things to us. Number one thing, number one characteristic. So it says, pursue love, but desire spiritual gifts, especially that you should prophesy. This is the prophetic gift, the prophetic dimension, and the gift of discernment is closely related to that. The gift of discernment is like this. It's like an inner knowing. It's knowing what is right, knowing what's wrong. It is knowing, it's like sometimes you can be with a person and they can look happy on their face, but you can discern that there's something just not quite right on the inside. And that is not so we can make some kind of useless judgment, but this is actually a gift given to me so I can minister and help that person. That is the gift of discernment. This is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is uh, like the sons of Isaac who had understanding and they knew what to do. You see, the Old Testament uh, was like a prophetic signpost that pointed to the New Testament and to the New Covenant, which is a better covenant. You know, in the Old Testament... God was externally dealing with men and men had to follow rules and regulations. 
and uh, falling short of God's requirement, sacrifice had to be made. But this all points to the New Testament, to a better testament, where the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, laid his life down for him. And no more blood sacrifices required because Jesus did it once. And all sin has been removed. It's amazing. So we just need to come, come to him and relate to him and enjoy this covenant that we have with our God. The gift of discernment is very important. Right now, if you listen to the news, there's all sorts of issues and you wonder what's the truth. 5G, the who, the United Nations, politicians, all these things are going on. And some of the news that is surrounding this is quite, you know, conspiracy-based. And I just wanted to say to you, be careful. The scripture says, take heed who you listen to. And it says, take heed how you listen. I believe that we need to downplay what the devil is doing. Because when we overplay what he is doing, we are reducing in our own mind the power and the ability of God to do what he is going to do. I want you to know this morning, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God is in control. He has been from the beginning. He is in control and he knows what he is doing. And out of this chaos that is happening in the earth, I will tell you what's going to happen. The kingdom of God is going to emerge. The church of the last days, the supernatural church, the church of the living God is going to become manifest on planet earth. We are going to see the church unusual. You know what church usual has been like? It's been organised. Uh, you know, and uh, rows and rows of well-behaved people. That is the church. Uh, sermons that go 25 minutes and that's it. I've never been able to do that. I've tried. Uh, we're actually 28 minutes right now. Back to the point. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need the prophetic we need the gift of discernment. Now, I want to say to you, people can analyse, smart people can observe. But this is not an analytical quality. It is a gift from God to help people negotiate the times without destroying themselves. It's very important. And I'm praying that there's an overflow of this into our church. That City Builders Church... And the churches that are related to us are picking up loud and clear what heaven is saying. We need to know what God is saying during this season. But I want to move on a little bit more and talk about this incredible new season in God that is starting right now. We just went through a very unusual Passover. The Feast of Passover went from the 8th to the 16th of April. This is the first time since the original Passover that not only the nation of Israel, but all the nations to, uh, have been together in lockdown as a plague has been passing over. It's been extraordinary and it's like the globe stopped to watch it happens. And there's been Jewish people, there's been Christian people, there's been Messianic Jews right across the globe who have stopped to celebrate this Passover which is all about 
Number one, protection. And it is all about uh, destiny. It's very amazing. It's all about the power of the blood. This is what the Passover is about. I've been deeply affected by it, to be quite honest. Uh, especially at the moment because I feel very much connected to my spiritual roots. But at the same time, I feel connected to my future and my destiny. And I want us all to know that we're people of destiny. We're not casual attenders in the church of God, but we are sons and daughters of God and we have a destiny. My wonderful spiritual father, Dr. Jonathan David, has spoken about this incredible new season of God and it's been confirmed by many prophetic voices from around the globe. Dr. Jonathan also said the next 200 days from Passover is very significant and some amazing things are going to happen during that time. See, there was the feast of Passover and the next feast is the feast of Pentecost 50 days later. And the scripture says in Acts chapter 2, that uh, when the uh, feast of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were gathered in the upper room and that is where God poured out his spirit into that room. And, and the believers there were filled with the spirit. Tongues of fire came down into that room. I tell you what, God is going to do something this Pentecost. Get ready for a new Pentecost, not only in our own uh, city builders' churches, but in the churches across the, across the nation. Those that really understand the times and the seasons, something is going to open up, I promise you. I believe this is going to happen. 50 days to go. And then uh, later on this year is the Feast of Tabernacles. And these are all prophetically significant events. I want to say, church, and everyone that's listening this morning, get ready for the extraordinary. Something is going to happen in our nation. Bad things are happening. People have lost their jobs. You know, people have not been able to pay their rent. Uh, you know, some people in our nation have died. This is not good. But I want to encourage you that despite all the conspiracy theories and despite all the plagues that cover the earth, there is still a God in heaven who rules over the affairs of men. And we can look at the, uh, the power of this virus or we can look at the conspiracy theories and we can easily be deceived. But we need to look to God in heaven and we need to look to him with discernment in our heart and understand the times and the seasons because God is up to something and it is something very great. Also, I'd like you, if you have time, to refer back to my message called An Unprecedented Move and it was before the word unprecedented became unprecedented uh, back in February, at the start of February this year. Because I believe that God gave us some prophetic insight into what is happening. For a moment I want to talk about the times of God. It's very interesting if you do a word search in your Bible on the word times. Because God moves at certain times. There's such a thing as the kairos time. It's the set time. It is like the time that has been set before the foundation of the earth where God is going to move in a certain way. 
So in the fullness of time, God does what he's going to do. When Dr. Jonathan David came here in August last year to open this building, he said this. He said, city builders, you are living in the times of God. Can you remember that? And uh, he went on to say, how can God give a dream 33 or 34 years ago? And we see it fulfilled now. It was, I was 29 years old when Lynn and myself visited this town and had a coffee across the road. And uh, the Lord showed me these stables and he said, one day there's going to be a church in there. And God has worked an absolute miracle to bring us in here. City builders, we are definitely living in the times of God. Don't fear. Don't worry. Look to God because God is going to do what God does best. We're living in the times of God. It is a wonderful thing to be one of God's on-time servants. That's my heart's desire. If I had a, another prayer for the City Builders Church is that I would pray that this is God's on-time church, in time with what God's doing. You know, it's funny, if you go into the nations, people often run on their own time. I've been to PNG. We've got some BNG people in our church. They tend to run on their own time. Uh, I've been to the Philippines. They tend to run on Filipino time. I've been to India and uh, they run on Indian time. And when you get the pastors to pick you up when you arrive at the airport, we always have a bit of a joke. They say, we'll pick you up at 2 p.m. And I say, is that Indian time or is that real time? Listen to this, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. It says, God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. So the various times are times set by God, where God raised up men who were like men who brought miraculous intervention into nations and environments. God, who at various times and in variant ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 2. I also want to go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6. It says this, But when the fullness of times had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the spirit of adoption. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. This is a remarkable thing because in the Old Testament, at various times, God spoke through his prophets. But in the latter days, God spoke to the nation and the nations through his son. But if you read on here, there's something going on. Because it says, you know, God's redeemed us that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, this is what we call the spirit of adoption. And if I could explain this, it's like this. If you adopted a child into your home, the spirit of adoption is like the attitude of a loving father who wants to embrace that child as though that child was absolutely in every way his own. 
That is the spirit of adoption. And bringing that child to full maturity and full potential. This is the heart of God. And he says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In other words, as you grow and mature and learn to respond to what Father God is doing, your heart will begin to cry out, Abba, Father, and it will be just as though you are his very own son in every way. You know, in Romans 8, it says, in the last days, no, sorry, Joel chapter 2.28, it says, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. This is a relationship thing. It's a wonderful thing. It comes from relationship. It comes from allowing the spirit of adoption to do a complete work in me. And then in Romans 8, it says that the whole of the earth is groaning. Do you know what? Our nation is groaning. The environment is groaning. You know, right now we're giving the environment a rest. It's the first time, you know, that you can see the Himalayas clearly because we're giving the earth a rest. It's, uh, it's God's doing something. All the issues that we have, the pollution, the toxicity, the, the uh, poisoning of the waters, uh, all these things are the birth pangs. The uh, earthquakes and the uh, volcanoes coming alive are the birth pangs. The weather patterns going crazy are the birth pangs. But it says the whole of the earth is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, when the church really, the church of the living God, which is made up of the you know, sons and daughters, when that church begins to rise, everything is going to settle down. This is amazing. God has come to redeem the earth. I want to say this this morning that the spirit of his son is in you. So we are able to be in time and we are able to be on time with God. I want to say this, you are, make sure you're in time and make sure you're on time because this church is called to be in time with God. We're living in the times of God. It comes when your spirit is connected to his. And this is what it really means to be born again. It's not an academic belief in our head, but it's a living faith on the inside that affects everything around about us. In the next few moments, I want to talk about some of the distinctives of this incredible new season that uh, we're talking about. Number one, there's going to be an incredible awareness of God. You can see it already, but in the next seven months, this is going to uh, be an incredible time because the spirit world is alive. People are looking for him. I don't know how you feel, but I feel that God has personally got my attention more than he has had for quite some time. I serve God, I love God, but God has got my attention during this time. I know that he wants me to realign my life. There is a God awareness on the inside of me. I believe this is going to become such a uh, pattern in our church that there will be such a God awareness. And, uh, you know, from the church, it'll begin to break out into the environment where people begin to start to look. It's an awakening. It's like people are asleep and, you know, you 
unable to awaken them, then all of a sudden God begins to move in their heart. So things are beginning to uh, happen. You know, I don't want to be distracted from what God wants during this time. You know, it's funny when God begins to break into your world uh, because in our early days, I don't think I was really looking for God, but God interrupted me. God broke into my world and, you know, by, by the grace of God, I was able to hear the gospel and able to respond. God came into my life and literally changed my world, changed my direction, changed my priorities, changed everything, changed my destiny. And this is what is going to happen. You know, church has been a certain way for so long, but there is an awakening coming. And let that word be on your lips. Tell people it's time. Number one, there's going to be an incredible awareness of God. You know, if you look at the book of Acts, there was an incredible awareness. You know, the scripture says that they looked on at the uh, believers and they respected them but they were afraid to join them. It was like an awe. This was the awesome presence of God. And God's going to do it during this season. Number one, there's going to be an incredible new awareness of God. It's an awakening. Number, of, number two, the river of God will be flowing in the house. Um, if I describe myself as a leader, I would have to say that I am a uh, incredibly committed to the house of God because I believe when the house is set in order the city will change the region will change the nation will change uh, so I'm committed to the house sometimes I think I should be committed but I'm committed to the house but this is the thing the prophetic flow is there and that is why I love being in the house of God, because there's something here. You know, this is just a place. But when you gather together with people who are on the same frequency and have the same heart, something begins to open up and a river begins to flow. This is the river of God. It is really important in this time that you are connected to the river, because this is the flow of God's grace. I want to put this in perspective, exactly what this means. It, it very much relates to the spirit life on the inside. In uh, John chapter 7, verse 35, it talks about the river on the inside. And, uh, you know, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to those that followed him. And it says, those that believe in me, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, you know, there is like a river in God, if you like, in, in, uh, in, the, in heaven. And you read about that in uh, Revelation chapter 22. I'll just go there quickly. Revelation chapter 22, and it says this. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. Man, this is a good river. Proceeding from the throne of God... And of the Lamb. Do you know in heaven now there is a, a very pure stream flowing from the throne of God? And it says in verse 2, In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each 
tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Do you know what? There's a river, in God, a, a river that flows from heaven into the church, into the hearts of men, those that are open, those that really believe. And that river of God flows out from them to heal the nations. Do you see that? And uh, the prophet Ezekiel, he prophesied this in uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, 1 to 2. It talked about the restoration and the rebuilding uh, of the nation of Israel. And one, uh, one of the characteristics, or, or two of the characteristics, was firstly the house of God, and secondly, the river that flowed from the house. And it talks about how the river flowed out, but it got deeper and deeper and greater and greater. And, you know, I believe that this is like a prophetic picture of what the move of God is going to be in the last days. Listen, I'll make a few connections here. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. There's a connection between the word that is coming from heaven. This is the river. It's like a prophetic stream that is flowing into the house of God. And if we can pick up what God's saying and we can begin to translate it into our life and into our community, then our community can become changed by this river of God. This river is for the healing of the nations. Do you know what? It's like there's been a river of trash coming into our nation. Politics and all the stuff that has been filtered into the system over the last years, it's like not good. But there is a river that comes from God. It's a river of revelation and it's a pure stream. And that river is going to flow into the church in this time ahead, in this new season. Get ready for it. Open up your life because out of your belly will flow rivers and living water. Other versions say, which is probably a better way to say it, because I have a little bit of a belly, but it says, out of your inner man, out of your inner person shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. I love it. This is what we live for. It's where Jesus said, you know, if you drink, you'll never thirst again. This is the river that flows from heaven. Lives will become activated and changed. So the first thing is going to be an awakening and an incredible awareness of God. Number two, there's going to be a river flowing in the house and from the house. Number three, the grace to overcome. I wanted to just declare this over our church today that in this season ahead there is going to be a great grace to overcome. You know, different people struggle with different things. You know, sometimes all kinds of emotional things. Sometimes all kind of uh, mental things. Sometimes even all times of relational issues or spiritual issues. And these are very real. But God is saying, I am making available to the church in this time the grace to overcome. I want to speak to every one of you. It's time to overcome. It's your time. Because we are living in the times of God. 
You know, uh, Jesus crossed over and he came into the area of the, Gideon, uh, the, the Gadarenes and he met uh, the demoniac there. And he said, have you, what have you got to do with us, son of God? Have you come to torment us before our time? I tell you what, it was time was up for the devil. And I want to say today that it, the time is up. It's time to come to God and say, that's an end to it. It's time to turn your life around and come back to Jesus. You know, if a man with a thousand demons in him could come and get himself set free, what is our problem this morning? We can do it. Amen. Amen. This is what it says, 1 John 5, 4. It says, now this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? Believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hands up this morning if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Then you will overcome. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. It's all about Jesus. It's incredible. Wow. So number three, the grace to overcome. Everything changes when we receive the grace. What you could never win before, you will now win. The things that uh, tripped you up before will no longer trip you up. You must realize that you and God are the majority. Amen. You realize that you can't be stopped. You can do this. Number four, the Lord is turning hearts back to him. The Lord is turning hearts back to him. I remember when I was in Albury uh, over 30 years ago now, I had a dream. People in our church, you know, I, I guess God speaks to different people in different ways. But one of the ways that God speaks to me often is through dreams in the night. And uh, this is a dream that the Lord gave me. And it was, uh, it was in a dream he revealed to me at Psalm 126. And it says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. This speaks to us. There is a time where things shift in the realm of the spirit and hearts begin to turn. And, and uh, the, the captivity begins to come back to Zion. This is an Old Testament concept, but is speaking prophetically about the church in the last days. Because the Lord is going to turn the captivity of Zion. In other words, those ones that are out there and separated from the plans and purposes of God, those people that are out there and have become disconnected, God is going to begin to move in their hearts. Even some of them who have been so hurt by church are going to begin to return and find their way back and be healed in the house of God. So the Lord is, is doing something supernatural which is absolutely amazing because this is the incredible new season of God that we are entering into. The fifth thing I want to talk about this morning is that Christ will be progressively made known in the house. This is going to be a gradual unveiling. 
Last week I spoke about uh, out of uh, Malachi chapter 3, 1, and it said, Suddenly the Lord will appear in the temple. I believe there's going to be an increase of God's presence. During this time, as you begin to set your lives apart and really begin to realign and really begin to follow him, some amazing things are going to happen in the church and some amazing things are going to happen in you. I want to say that. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an incredible thing because I believe people are going to find Christ in the house. They're going to find him. You know, people are not going to come to church just to see what's going on. They're going to come to find Christ because he is here. I believe this is the season that we are entering into. You know, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among uh, the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. I'm feeling this is time. It says, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I really believe that many are going to return to the house of God. Many are going to find him in this very place. You know, I'm so thankful that God gave us a stable. And, you know, three years ago or nearly three years ago when this... Uh, uh, began to come to us, man, we had a big job to do. But God restored this stable. And there's a couple of things. I believe God began a move in a stable. It happened 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. And then it happened in the early 1900s in Azusa Street where the Pentecostal move uh, broke out and they moved to an old stable at Azusa Street. And from there, the nations were touched. I'm just so thankful that God has given us this place and that we have been able to restore it because I believe it is a prophetic picture of what is going to happen to lives when they begin to come home. Where God will bring them back and they'll find their God and he will find his sons and his daughters. And the river that is flowing in the house will begin to heal. This is a place of healing and restoration. I just want to ask you this morning, do you know Christ? You know, on the inside of you, God placed, he made a place that was created for Jesus to live in. And this morning, God wants to come and he wants to partner with you. He wants to receive you into his kingdom. But you know, it's like a free gift. Salvation is a free gift that needs to be received. And it's like when we begin to open the door of our heart that Jesus can come in. And this morning, I just want to lead you in a very simple prayer, but a powerful prayer. If you would like to receive Christ in your life, please repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart 
that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will worship you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I'm born again and cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wanted to say to you that nearly 41 years ago, I prayed that prayer. I had no idea what would follow, but God gave my life back. He gave me a future, and this is what God wants to do with you. I believe that God's calling you home. He's calling you to himself. And uh, this morning, if you made the first step by sincerely praying that prayer, please feel free to get in contact with us through our website uh, because we would like to help you get started on your journey as a child of God. Um, if you're not from this part of the world, we'd love to connect you with a church near you. I wanted to say thank you for tuning in and God bless you.